KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. 47% of Americans say they belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. That's down from 50% just two years ago, and it's down from 70% in 1999. So what's behind this pretty dramatic shift in religious affiliation? And what does it mean for the next generation of Americans? Dr. Melissa Wild is a professor of sociology at the University of Pennsylvania. For the first time, Americans' religious membership has dropped below 50%. And that's according to a Gallup poll that surveyed people just this last year. But the last year has been difficult to actually go anywhere. But I mean, how much do you think this pandemic actually played into people not being committed to a specific church, synagogue, mosque, etc.? Everything that I would say about that right now is pretty speculative in the sense that we're still waiting for a lot of the data to come in about exactly that question. I fielded a module on the general social survey, which is the highest quality survey that's done in the United States, faced, usually face-to-face. During the pandemic, it wasn't face-to-face, obviously. And we're still waiting for the data, but we're looking specifically at issues of belonging, how that relates to religious beliefs or doesn't relate to religious beliefs. And also, in particular, about what this increasing group who we call the religious nuns, N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S, of course, what they actually believe and look like and how varied they are. And so a lot of people assume that religious nuns are atheists or agnostics, for example. And actually, that's a very small proportion of them. The majority of them believe in God and the majority of them consider themselves to be at least spiritual, but often religious have increasingly disaffiliated from formal religious organizations. And that's really consistently seems to be connected to politics in the sense that the people disaffiliating are much more likely to be political liberals identified with the Democratic Party. And it seems to be largely a reaction to the growth of the the religious right. And you mentioned nuns when we were emailing back and forth. And Is there, I mean, this religious membership and this rise in the nuns, are they connected? Is this kind of an underlying like movement happening in America that is related to this religious affiliation? So we've seen the proportion of Americans that claim no religious membership rising steadily for the last two decades, if not more. So I would say about 20 years ago, the proportion was only about 5% of the population who claimed no religious membership on the GSS being the highest quality survey, as I mentioned. And that's in response to the question that simply asks, are you Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, or some other religion or no religion? And so that the proportion just immediately saying I'm no religion has increased from a low of about 5% in Well, 25 years ago to approaching 20% on the GSS in recent recent surveys. So that you have, of course, that's a um, smaller proportion than the Gallup poll you mentioned, because the Gallup poll is a different measure, which is, are you a member of a church or a religious organization, which is more specific, right? But in general, that trend has been just a steady increase over the last two decades. 
And that really does seem to be about, to some extent, age. So younger people are much more like, have always been much more likely to say that they have no religion and to be less religious. And that, that changes, that typically changes with marriage and childbearing. People end up going back to the religion that they were raised in or finding a new religion around the time that they start a family. That's become a little bit less common where people who, in particular, people who are raised with no religion continue to be non-religious throughout the course of their lives. That's more, more and more common. And as I said, it seems really clearly connected to politics mm-hmm. in the sense that it's people who are politically liberal and who feel that, and who have a negative view of the role of religion in American politics today as a result of issues such as abortion and homosexuality. Right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like Americans have, while this has all been happening, Americans have also become more accepting to a lot of social issues like divorce, gay marriage, and you're, you've done a ton of research specifically on birth control. And do, do these social changes, does that relate to this change? Is that specifically related to politics? And if so, how? Yeah, it, it definitely seems pretty clearly related in the sense that young people are also the most progressive on issues of especially sexuality, homosexuality, transgender issues, also abortion, although both issues are also very connected to education and class. So the more highly educated you are, the more likely you are to be pro-choice and also in favor of, for example, same-sex marriage. There is one group for whom that's a major exception, though, and those are that is African-Americans, who generally are progressive on most social issues, regardless of education, with the exception of abortion, where they're somewhat more conservative than the average Democrat, but, but actually becoming much closer to whites on that issue as well. And it's interesting that you're talking about younger generations, because I was reading this whole article that kind of broke down, you know, the different generations, though, like baby boomers, where they were when they were, you know, younger and Gen X, where they were and now millennials and even the Gen Z and relating those, you know, generations at different ages and if they were involved in a church or whatnot. And it also broke it down by gender which, you know, men or women answering these questions. What are your thoughts or implications on on that, on the different generations, as well as genders playing a role into maybe this change in religion? Well, women have traditionally and typically always been more religious than men in the United States, Christian women, I should say, as well as Jewish women. They go to church or religious services more often. They volunteer more often. They have been the backbone of American religion for a long time. And that is still true. We still see a big gender difference in most religious denominations and and groups and, and attendance. But this disaffiliation is happening across both genders. And so the other thing I should mention, actually, is that it does seem to be the people who were previously really pretty marginal members of their religious groups, who, when asked, you know, are you a Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, some, you know, something else or nothing, they would say, well, I'm Catholic because I was raised Catholic, right? But now they say nothing. They're more likely to say nothing when actually their attendance might not be any different than it was previously. It's just that there's a kind of push to identifying with a religion keys other things 
more so than it used to in the past, apparently. And it's, it's interesting to me, too, because this Gallup poll was taken in 2020 during a global pandemic. And I think in history, there are a lot of examples of people turning toward religion during crisis. Mm-hmm. And again, this is unprecedented times, as they say. But I mean, did you see any of this happening during this crisis where people were drawn to religion? I don't know about drawn to religion. What I have seen, and it's really um, not sociologically systematic yet. As I said, the data is still out there, but I mean, what I've seen from people I know, for example, would be just a greater acceptance of that sitting in your house and watching a religious service is actually a religious experience, that it's legitimately something, right? Because pretty much anyone who is religious had to do that for the past year. They couldn't physically go to church. I think that may have long-term repercussions. Like, for example, you know, someone who is a devout Catholic certainly probably won't give up affiliation with their local parish, right? But they also might decide to watch mass at the Vatican because they can. And it's it's more easily, it's more, you know, easily available now. And they may even decide that that counts <laughs> for their weekly attendance. Although with the Catholic example, there's also the communion, which, you, you know, is difficult to get unless you're actually going to, to a church. But I think that that's the case for, um, it, it has, televangelism has always been around or been around for a really long time. But I think that the pandemic has definitely given it a boost, which is most likely one of the factors behind this increasing disaffiliation that you were mentioning. Could we see maybe mega churches or things like that virtually, you know, people only wanting to go to one? It's almost, you know, how people can work from home now anywhere, right? Like I can apply to a job in California if I can work from home. Yeah, I do think um, some of this will be around to stay, right? That it's definitely hugely advantageous for the elderly, for people who don't feel well. (laughs) regardless of whatever is ailing them, right? Don't go and make everyone else sick at church. Like, I hope that that actually stays (laughs) after all this. I do think that in general, many institutions, especially those that are better resourced, right? When we think about the ways in which religion intersects with class, they will, I imagine that they'll keep a hybrid format and see the extent to which it gets used because, it, it would be a very good way to remain flexible. And just like we've, but then the implication there is just, just as there are lots of discussions about how we're going to need less office space as companies and other businesses decide that actually their employees working remotely is not bad. And it looks like people are working more, not less without having to commute, et cetera. I think it's possible that they'll conclude the same thing in relationship to churches, that if, if people are attending virtually, you don't need the same size buildings necessarily, you don't need as many buildings necessarily. So it could just be a, sh- a shift that might be picked up by other means. But again, I think it really remains to be seen how much of it is permanent. And then of course, there's the reality of as much as we're able to get done remotely, as much as all of us have become used to this, there is still something about being together physically, especially for religious experiences, right? So that will probably never go away. Mm-hmm. I think many people will still want that in-person experience for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned spirituality towards the beginning. And 
it seems a lot of people now, right, when you ask that question in person, they're more like, oh, I'm spiritual or, you know, I don't have a religion. I'm more into spirituality, those kind of things, instead of a direct affiliation with a religion. Like a lot of my friends specifically are into crystals now, and there's this growing movement for social justice, things like that. Do you see that or how do you see these what's happening now with younger generations? How do you see this playing into the future of religion in America? You know, for a really long time, Americans have had a greater belief in being individuals and and having an ability to be individually religious, which is different from kind of adhering strictly to particular religious groups doctrine. So in the 80s, a really famous sociological study called Habits of the Heart by Bob Bella, Ann Swidler, and a few others titled this Sheilaism, because Sheila was a, an interviewee who talked about how she just has to do believe in herself and, and know that what she's doing is right and good by, as an individual. And, and they saw that as kind of exemplifying the American individualism ethos in religion. So it's been around for a long time. I don't want to kind of exaggerate the extent to which it's new, right? I mean, and even if you think about something like crystals or spirituality, that goes back to the 60s and right in hippie counterculture for sure. On this module that I talked about on the general social survey, my my co-PI, Michelle Margolis, who's also a professor at Penn in political science, and I have a number of questions about spirituality, about new age experiences. So questions like, do you, how often have you felt like you're, there's something larger than yourself in the world, right? Or like a part of something bigger. And so lots of other questions about religious experiences to get exactly at this question. And I think we don't, we don't know a lot yet about it, but I, it certainly does seem to, there are some people saying that I'm spiritual, but not religious is becoming a really common refrain. So, but I would say most sociologists agree that it's less there's less stickiness to that. If it's not something that you're engaging in with a group of people, if it's not something that's reinforced by some sort of friendship network or other organization, the way religion is, formal religion is, it's much less likely to be done often and consistently over the life course. That would be one of the key things I would say. Yeah. And I like how you say about changing the questions a little bit, because I think that's important, right? A lot of times when people hear religion, or even as you were saying, politics, people kind of back off right away instead of kind of looking into it or saying like, oh, yeah, I do feel that way. Almost. Let's see. In 1950, another well-known sociologist, Herberg, wrote a book called Protestant Catholic Jew. And his argument was actually really simple. It was that Americans, when they immigrate, immigrate to the United States, are expected to change almost every aspect of their culture. So they're supposed to learn the language. They're supposed to learn about our food. They're supposed to understand our pol- political system. They're supposed to understand our educational system. The one thing Americans do not expect immigrants to change is their religion. And it's something that also Americans typically used to know upon like the first or second meeting of someone, you would be able to say, oh, they're Protestant or, oh, they're Catholic or, oh, they're Jewish. And it has struck me that I think that may be changing. And I, and I say that in relationship to 
the students that I've taught in my sociology religion class, they, it's not something that they necessarily talk about right away anymore. Maybe because, you know, a growing proportion of Americans are not religious and it become, and that might be something that therefore they're more hesitant to discuss. But so that's something that I'm really interested in, in exploring more actually. That's interesting. That is. So once we have the data, if you want to have us on again, yeah. we can tell you what we found out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that sounds great. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.